This is Bill Mick Live, iHeartRadio's talk for the Space Coast. With today's Common Sense on Common Radio. Here's Bill Mick. Hour three of our Tuesday, November 16th of 2021, is being brought to you by O'Galley Electric. 321 768 1240 is your access as we talk to my buddy Dave Bowman, host of Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Show podcast, posted for you at BillMick.com on our show page today, which is uh, entitled Brevard School Board, New Chair, Maybe Some New Policy. We'll see how that plays out. We talk that in hour number two of the show this morning. And uh, of course, you can always catch Dave on his website. I'm uh, linking that up for you on our WMMB Facebook page. As we speak, and you'll have an opportunity to catch up with him there, but let's catch up with him here first of all. Dave Bowman, good morning, my friend. How are you, sir? I'm good, Bill. How are you today? I am fantastic. Been a busy show this morning, having some fun uh, after the long weekend, which was interesting in its own right. We talked about that some already. But uh, interesting stuff through the last week. And I had a story pop up as I was doing show prep through the weekend about your native land of Oklahoma and uh Make me think that Oklahoma is more than just okay. Maybe they're thinking some things right here. If you break out into song, I'm going to hang up. Really? If you start singing Oklahoma, you're okay. I'm going to hang up. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I would more likely sing something from the musical Oklahoma. That's what I said. Oklahoma, you're okay. I didn't. I, I don't know that one. I don't care. Bill, you don't know, that's the main song. Oklahoma, you're okay, L-A-H-O-M-A, Oklahoma. Okay, do I hang up now? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is about the Oklahoma National Guard, and, and, it, and it draws a distinction. You served in the Navy, I served in the West Virginia Air National Guard, and the National Guard, different from the reserves even, in that they are under the control of the state although subject to being called into federal service, and the governor and the, uh, the adjutant general, Thomas Mancino, who runs the both Air and, and Army National Guard in Oklahoma, said, we're not pushing a vaccine mandate on people. And I'm thinking, that's a pretty cool thing, and it's exerting the, the state prerogative here, at least until these folks would be called into federal service. Which could be sooner rather than later, you know, because didn't the Biden administration already threaten to use the National Guard to, quote, straighten out the supply chain issues, unquote? Uh, yeah. Have, they, have you seen any action on that front yet? No. In fact, I saw a brief headline today that they were backing away from that because I'm not uh-huh. I'm not necessarily convinced that the National Guard, I, I don't know what they would do for supply chain. I have no idea. But it's still out there and there are still people calling for it. And... If that were to happen, I'm just going to go out on a limb here and guess which state's National Guard would be the first one called out. (laughs) Hey, Oklahoma, since you spoke out about this, get your Army Guard together. I'm assuming they would, because the Army moves its stuff via truck, and I know they've got skilled and talented and, and capable truck drivers that could go start taking this stuff and getting it from point A to point B. Um, if that's how they were going to do it. But uh, I'm not sure that... Yeah, I'm not... (laughs) See, that... uh, Eisenhower said, amateurs study tactics, professionals study logistics. And he was right. Uh And and he's completely right about that. But the comparison of the two, army logistics versus 
the supply chain issue, which I still don't think we're getting the full story on, are two different things. I, 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 again, I don't have a clue what the Army National Guard is going to do for this. I, <laughs> I don't. Uh, if all they need is truck drivers, why don't they just nationalize the truck service and, and do it that way? But they're not, uh, they're not willing to go that far. Thank so. you, Mr. Mussolini. Let's go that route. Um, yeah, and the thing that, that got my attention on this, Dave, is the distinction between, and maybe some folks don't recognize this, they, they see the uniform and they see it's all the same thing, is that the National Guard are actually state employees, those who are full-time are state employees, with federal responsibilities when they go to a drill weekend or when they're activated federally for a couple of weeks a year, or if they get deployed and mobilized in, in some type of military action by the actual branch that they're serving in. You know, I, during my six years with the West Virginia Air National Guard, the only times I was deployed was for summer camp, and that was technically under state orders still, although we were going to, a, to an Air Force base to do our two weeks whatever in Germany, Hawaii, New Jersey, South Carolina, the places I went. I, I made it to Hawaii twice. I really liked that. Um, <laughs> Me too. But... We were never actually called up and put into a theater of war or anything of that nature. So we were technically still under state orders. Um, but the minute they start hitting federal property and doing federal stuff, they're going to send those guys off to the to the medics, and they're getting they're getting shots. Period. Yeah. And and people don't understand this. the The whole National Guard system is a it's a conversion of the original militia system. Technically, technically. The National Guard is the militia that's referred to in the Constitution, Article One. There's some there's some hinkiness to it. There's some things I don't like about it. There's some things I do like about it. But yeah, as soon as they become federal, they're subject to the vaccine mandate, and that's what I said. I I don't know I I don't know what the next National Guard activation thing is, but I I can almost I'd almost be willing to bet that the first people called up would be Oklahoma's National Guard just so they can <laughs> that vaccinate them. Very well be true. That's exactly right. Um, interesting distinction. Like I said, a lot of people may not have known what that distinction is. And at the time I was in, and this was 80 to 86, we were doing 40% of the Air Force's mission. So those people who were active on a more regular basis, the pirate pilots, the loadmasters, and those folks who were in and out of, of Air Force bases as opposed to guard bases all the time, those folks would have been subjected to this as well. So it's an interesting place where these folks have landed. We get to your phone calls with Dave Bowman at 321-768-1240. We'll pick it up in just a minute here on Bill McLive. You know, one place that the National Guard did not assign me was the motor pool, and there's good reason. I'm a mechanical idiot. That's why I'm glad Gatto's Tire and Auto Service is here. For me, I've got to go to Gatto's. Be a good idea for you, too. Why? Locally owned business, 50 years in Brevard County, with multiple locations around the county to serve you. And it's a place where you get honest recommendations for the repairs and maintenance on your vehicle and great prices on tires. Best place in the county to buy tires is Gatto's. Right now, up to $150 rebate on Goodyear tires, $50 rebate baits on Toyo tires. And the thing about Gatto is while they are a local company, they do offer national benefits, things like warranties, quality parts and tires, ASE certified technicians, and an experienced staff that doesn't try to sell you anything. They give you the honest recommendation you're looking for, and you make the call as to what you need to do there. So thank you to Gatto's for being one of our sponsors here on Bill McLive. Dave, let's get to those phones. We're going to begin. Good morning. You're up first in hour three. What are you thinking here? Good morning, Bill. Uh, good morning, Dave. This is uh, Chuck in Melbourne. Hey, Chuck. Uh, 
I just want to, and I know from personal experience, the, the re- reserves and the National Guard do have port battalions that uh, work on, they work as stevedores and manage uh, loading and unloading ships. Uh, one of the jobs I did when I was uh, at the tail end of Desert Storm was loading shi- uh, equipment onto ships. So they do have, uh, I don't know if they're guardsmen or the reservists, but either way, uh, the, the the Army does have port battalions to uh, to handle ports. Okay, interesting. You do, you do have transportation units that do drive basically the same trucks that are over-the-road truckers drive to... I would imagine without the amenities somehow. Yeah, no AC, (laughs) general stuff like that. But they do have the equipment, and they do have the personnel that are trained to to work port operations. Very cool. Chuck, good to hear from you. Dave, maybe there's a solution there. I don't know. Well, I I, I happen to know that they do. I was in during the first Gulf War. Obviously, I know that they have the capability of doing that. It's a question of scale, and it's a question of... Do you think that the Biden administration is really willing to set aside the unionized port stevedores and all that working in Los Angeles to replace them with the National Guard? No, the I'm, last story I saw out of the Biden administration, actually I heard on Fox News, what their idea was to implement a tax for, for shipping containers that sit for longer than six days and a $100 a day fine for every day they sit there after that. Like, that's going to help. Well, of course it will. <laughs> yeah, Okay. Go to line two. You're next on Bill McLeod. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, regarding the military moving it, back in the day, there was a capability. There still is. It's so small that it wouldn't do it because when we move equipment from Florida to Texas to go train before going overseas, it's line called by civilian truckers. And then to add insult to injury, there's exact same equipment sitting in Texas not used. And when it's done, it gets called haul back to Florida because overseas there's equipment waiting for us. So, <laughs> although military does have truckers, does have boat drivers, does have uh, dock operators, but it's such a small thing that it's only for emergency use until the civilian contract takes over. Yeah, there's that military efficiency for us. Thanks for sharing the story. Dave, we go to line one. Good morning. You're next on Bill McLeod. I guess I jumped the gun quite a bit because uh, earlier you said you were going to try and get to Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, that's coming up a little bit later, Keith, and we're running into a break. You want to hang on and talk to us when we get there? Sure, that'd be fine. All right, hang tight. Dave Bowman with us through this hour. We are going to get to the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse situation, and we will cover that and let you weigh in on it as well at 321-768-1240. Dave, if you had to make a call, Rittenhouse – Guilty or not, what are you gonna? What do you think is gonna happen there? Well, I'm uh, I'm I'm leaning towards not guilty based on the evidence, but I'm not a jurist, so I don't know what they heard. I don't know what they're thinking. I never I never make a prediction until the jury's in. Well, you're no fun, man. But we'll keep you around for the hour anyway. Dave Bowman with us. You can be too. Three two one seven six eight twelve forty as our Tuesday stays rolling here without the help of the military, as far as we know, on Bill Mick Live. The time is 826.
Bill's Mick Nugget Daily at 5.30 during Sean Hannity on WMMB. Oh, Rick, bringing you this hour of the show as Dave Bowman joins us from uh, bright and early from Silverdale, Washington. TheDaveBowmanShow.com is where you'll find him on a very regular basis with his commentary on things that uh, interest him. And uh, he graciously joins us here on these Tuesdays, on these days where I'm not working Mondays. And, uh, Dave, again, I appreciate you taking the time. No problem, man. Let's get back to the phones. I want to check in with uh, Dan, who's in Melbourne, as we're talking these logistics and the backlog and supply chain issues. Hey, Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. How y'all doing? We're good, buddy. Uh, you know, Washington really has a way of taking a very simple problem and making it complex. And they end up telling us that we can't understand it because it's above our capability. Therefore, we need them in Congress and in the Senate to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. My simple solution to getting rid of the blockade, the goods that are sitting off the port, we can't get them undone. Take those 15,000 Haitians that came across the border, ship them to L.A., and let them start working. I'm not opposed to the idea. You want to be here? We got jobs for you. There you go. There you go. Can you see the upheaval from the unions the minute that happened? It doesn't matter. Put them all in the union. They'll get union wages, which is what Joe is always touting, and that this way they don't have to be on the government dole and get welfare and everything else. They can get their own housing. They can get their own food. They can get their own medical. They can get everything because they'll be having a good wage, too. Hey, you may have just solved the whole thing. What do you think, Dave Bowman? Well, I mean, look, I, if that was actually the problem, if manpower was actually the problem, that would be yeah. the issue. But since it's not the problem... It's kind of a it's kind of a moot point. the The actual problem has more to do with California internally operating and how they're doing things with AB five, and those things are not going to be solved by Haitians. Yeah, what do you see as the best solution to it? If you if you could call it today, repeal AB AB five in California. That's California yeah. Assembly Bill five. Yep, yep. That's the. What does it do? That's the bill that is really interfering with how the trucks operate in California. Mm-hmm. It's the, there's a lot to it, and it's problematic so it in many ways. So old, they have to have the most modern non-pollution technology, that type of stuff? Right, and it also right. impacts how um, uh, owner-operators can function in California, which is really the problem. So the Haitians aren't going to solve that problem. Not going to be easy to do. That's true. Let's crack the Rittenhouse story open for a minute. By the way, I have Judge Steve Coons on standby for the day after this verdict comes in. It could come in today. Who knows how long this jury is going to be out? And Judge Coons will help us dissect everything that happens when uh, when that occurs. Dave, it looked like the prosecution had a train wreck in how it presented its case, and then a train wreck or two in its closing arguments. Defense counsel seemed to do pretty well, in my estimation, in closing arguments there. The judge threw out the charge everybody thought was going to be the easy one, being a juvenile in possession of a gun. Apparently, they didn't measure the gun correctly or didn't measure it at all, and therefore didn't charge it correctly. So that that charge has been tossed. Um, again, we don't know what the jury's going to say, but play along with me, Dave. What did you see you liked and disliked about how this was all presented anyway? Well, obviously, the, the prosecution was a, what we would call a Charlie Foxtrot. It was, mm-hmm. 
it was so bad that you almost wonder if it was on purpose. I mean, there's just no, there's no logical rhyme or reason to it, which has me wondering. Um, many of the people in our business think that he was intentionally screwing things up to try for a mistrial because this would somehow or another protect his, his CV. I don't buy that argument for the simple reason that his name's going to be attached to this trial regardless of what shows up in the, in the database anyway. So mm-hmm. at that point, what do, you, what do you conclude? They either didn't have a case and this guy was so, I don't know, dedicated, so, so firmly a believer that he was going to do it anyway, or some DA somewhere is, is pushing him. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. There's no way you could screw up a case that badly except on purpose. Do you think they, now, philosophically, they may align with the BLM folks, and I heard several comments from the uh, assistant prosecutor and the prosecutor as they presented their closing arguments that make you think, yeah, they do align with the BLM philosophy. But do you think they had so much pressure from a community that had undergone riots that they had to concoct a prosecution here, maybe? I think there's a narrative issue, too. I mean, I'm surprised at how many people are discovering that this was white-on-white issues. I've talked to people who believed that Carl Rittenhouse shot three black guys and are Mm -hmm. stunned to find out that's not the case. So you have an issue here with, you know, the the overall presentation of this case in the first place. But Mm -hmm. I, I... there's something about this prosecution that just does not fit well with me. It doesn't sit well with yeah. me. And I, and I have an issue with prosecutions anyway. I think we over-prosecute. I think they push too hard to get a plea deal. And they, they overcharge. Yeah, in so many cases, that's true. And I saw it in prominent trials here in Florida. The last major trials we've had here have all seemed to have been overcharged by the prosecution. And when they don't get their plea deal, then what? Instead of dropping the charges, which is what they should have done, but they couldn't because of politics, they've politicized... Right. We have politicized our criminal justice system. And well, Keith has been kind enough to hold. I want to get to his phone call because he's got thoughts on this as well. We do that after I remind you that O'Galley Electric is making the hour possible. And while we're running down to the end of hurricane season without an incident, Dave Bowman, uh, the time to prepare for one is when you don't have one on top of you. And O'Galley Electric has a solution for your family's safety and comfort during the wake of the storm. It's a Generac home standby generator from O'Galley Electric. And being a major Generac supplier, O'Galley Electric has these in stock. They order them by the hundreds, and they are waiting. So you call O'Galley Electric, get a free estimate, and they're ready to deliver, install, service, and maintain that generator for you right now. Number to call is 321-425-3343. And online, you'll find them at eggenerators.com. Chris Hughes and the fine folks at O'Galley Electric ready to do that job for you. A free estimate and no waiting for your Generac home standby generator from this hour's sponsor, O'Galley Electric. Keith, thanks for your patience. Glad you're here. Give us your thoughts on this Rittenhouse truck. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to address the uh, the media and political persecution of this poor kid. This good man, actually, is what I should say. Especially in the light of how poorly the prosecution has done, uh, not only not proving their case, but proving Kyle's case for him. I've been listening to seminar callers all you know all week, calling up saying that. Kyle has culpability because he shouldn't have went there because it wasn't.
asinine on the face of it, and that he provoked these people because he was actually carrying a gun willing to protect himself. Um, he's a good man who was actually there doing good things. Yeah, he may have lied about being a medic, but so what? He was the guy there with the first aid kit, and it came out that he did actually provide first aid, and he was literally putting out fires with his little fire extinguisher. So let's go to a alternative universe where there's a young man who went there without a gun, just to fire a fire extinguisher and a first aid kit, and then a group of the same guys who are pissed off that he was there interfering, putting out the fires that they just lit. Say they don't even kill him. Say they just beat him and uh, kick him in the head so much that he loses sight in one eye and has partial polaris, uh, um, he's partially paralyzed on the left side of his body. Now he's a hero. He gets mentioned on Glenn Beck a couple of times, and nobody says anything else about him. But because he was there doing those things and came capable to defend himself, somehow that makes him a bad guy. And the idea that the weapon instigated this, that's about like saying that every person with a concealed weapon permit who's walking around with a concealed weapon, if someone accidentally sees their weapon, immediately decides, hey, this guy could be an active shooter and decides to kill them. That is the philosophy of the prosecuting attorney. Very good, Keith. We're going to have to leave it there. And I thought the prosecutor made some errors that way. Dave Bowman with us for one more segment, and we get you in at 321-768-1240 as our uh, Tuesday continues on Bill Mick Live. Insider email, sign up, top of the page at BillMick.com. Column coming out tomorrow entitled A Quiet Morning. I learned something over the weekend. Maybe. You'll see what I mean when you sign up. Closing up a Friday morning on Bill Mick Live, my buddy Dave Bowman from Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Show podcast with us, 321-768-1240. Let you get engaged here. Dave, before we leave this Kyle Rittenhouse story, Keith in Palm Bay wants to join us. We're going to let him do that. Keith, what's on your mind as far as that case goes? Hey, guys. Come on. The first thing I got to say is I am no way a weapons expert, except for the ones I print on T-shirts. But, um... I don't see the kid did anything wrong. Uh, They made it sound like he was living in two different states. His father lived in one, his mother lived in the other one 20 miles away. And then the only thing I see dumb that he did was he should have been with his father as a 17-year-old, but I think he was with his father's friend or something. Now, how how they got separated and he was alone, there should have been a buddy system with them guys. In my opinion, they shouldn't have been alone, uh, uh, separated out by themselves. But, you know, you you said something yesterday. He had that weapon strapped behind him throughout the whole thing. He never pulled it out until somebody was aggressing on him. And the the prosecutor just, it it seemed like he thought he was going to ride the media wave on everything until the judge struck him down on what he could use on verbiage and stuff. And then when he got into actually being misprosecutional and bringing in stuff that was not supposed to be brought in, I heard something that I have a question on. The judge was considering a mistrial with prejudice. I've never heard of a mistrial with prejudice. That means it would 
put double jeopardy on it. I never heard that on a mistrial uh, action. I don't know that I ever have either, Keith, but it would seem to be that the – the uh, and I think the judge, he – if I'm not mistaken, and he could come up with that at the end, but as we talked with Steve Coons last week, who we'll have on after the verdict is announced – um, the judge has a lot of options on the other end of this, but the idea being that the judge would have perceived the the misconduct by the prosecutor as yeah, so egregious as to prevent bringing any charges yet again. Dave, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's what with prejudice means is that the, the it was essentially misconduct by the prosecution, and they can't uh, double jeopardy goes out the window. I really think, Bill, that this whole thing is targeted at self-defense laws. Self-defense is a problem, particularly to people who want, let's just call it what it is, revolutionary change. I mean, Rittenhouse, they, they honestly believe that if Rittenhouse is acquitted, that means it's open season on BLM and Antifa protesters. I don't think that it does, but I think they honestly believe that, and so they have to get rid of self-defense laws. I guarantee you, I, I, I guarantee you there are legislators around this country right now that are drafting laws to change the conditions under which uh, self-defense can be claimed. And not every state's going to do it, but I guarantee you there are people who are trying to get rid of self-defense as a legitimate thing, because if you can defend yourself against these people who are invading your homes, your businesses, and your person— then uh, it's going to put a big dent in how Antifa acts in the future. Yeah, go back to St. Louis and look at the McCloskeys and, yeah. and what they tried to do to those folks. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not surprised by it, but no. Who knows? I mean, the, the, you know, the saying going around: they're activating the National Guard today in 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 advance of the the, the verdict. Well, if they'd have done that in the first place, maybe we wouldn't be having this trial. Yeah, good point. And, and and there's another thing here that I think we as adults need to examine for just a second. What would have happened to you or me if at 17 years old we decided to take on those actions as if they were our responsibility? My dad would have hit the roof. I'm sure yours would have. And we'd have had more trouble at home than we could have put up with, much less think about going out and defending somebody's business. I'm not saying that Kyle Rittenhouse is – guilty of what he's charged but if it was if it were a trial for stupidity he'd be convicted he shouldn't have been there he's yeah. a 17 year old kid i don't know man i joined the navy at 17 so i'm a little little biased there but i've said from the word go i'm not really clear why exactly he was there and i'm not really clear why exactly he was there with an ar-15 um i i don't i don't doubt that this was self-defense i think he should be acquitted i think he should be released but at the same time, if I'm his dad, we're going to have a serious chat. Yeah, most certainly. That's very true. And, and we don't know that that hasn't happened. But all of a sudden, we get wrapped up in the case and we start. We don't think about, this is a 17-year-old kid. And had it been my 17-year-old, we'd have been having some serious discussion. That's exactly right. We get back to more of your calls with Dave Bowman when we continue in just a minute on Bill McLive. 
As O'Galley Electric brings you this hour, another of our sponsors is Chateau Madeleine in Suntree. And if you've got a senior loved one who's starting to experience or maybe is experiencing memory care issues, you know how difficult that can be for a family to deal with, especially if your family doesn't have those medically trained people who know how to deal with these issues. Well, thankfully, there is first-class nursing care at Chateau Madeleine, this locally owned, centrally located in Brevard facility where memory care is something that they focus on. And, in fact, uh, those first-class nursing care folks, they have programs designed specifically for these memory care patients that make their life more tolerable. And the environment at Chateau Madeleine, it is a place where life can get better, with a real home that has amenities like a cruise ship or a resort. My recent tour up there, it's an amazing facility, and everybody who works there seems to enjoy their job and what they're doing. Tell me that's not a great environment for your senior loved one. Reach out to Chateau Madeleine for a tour at 321 701-8000, or see them online at SuntreeSeniorLiving.com. We appreciate their sponsorship here on the show. Dave Bowman is with us as we um, get ready to wrap up our Tuesday morning together. Dave, let's get back to the phones on this Rittenhouse thing. Line one, you're next on Bill McLive. Good morning. Good morning, Bill. Hey. What's up? Hey, yeah, this, uh, this, this court case... Um, I, I, I heard a rumor that it was already acquitted, but uh, not sure about that. Um, it, it seems like the, uh, everybody else thinks they're still waiting for the uh, the verdict. Um, well, it, but, the jury gets it this morning, and in about another hour, if I'm not mistaken, they had closing arguments yesterday, Eric. Okay, okay. Uh, so, so, but uh, the, what I want to bring the table on this is the branded administration's involvement in it, and. The fact that, uh, you know, the president of the United States, who is supposed to be held to a higher standard, and we all got criticized for it in the last administration, uh, that that he could go out and suggest that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist without any evidence, and 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 uh, that the mainstream media would push that narrative, and then that when the press secretary is confronted about it, she, she completely bails, and she doesn't address it at all. It's a disservice to Kyle Rittenhouse, one of the people who they're, they're committed to serve, supposedly, right. uh, because he's being run through the mud on this. It, he should have a right to sue after this for the mainstream media running him down, you know, and, and, uh, and it seems like they're trying to put him in, in jail. Well, are we used to seeing that out of the mainstream media, Eric? And I think that's true. Dave, one of the things that that I did see and like about the judge as these closing arguments were approaching, uh, as he gave instructions to the jury, he said, the president doesn't have any input on this, and neither does the former president. He made it pretty clear that what Eric was talking about is out of bounds here for this jury. You know, one of the things I was most roundly criticized for over the past five years was when I kept saying Donald Trump needs to shut up about criminal cases on Twitter. And the same is true of Biden. The the last thing we need is the president is not supposed to be involved with this stuff. He's not supposed to on any level. And the fact that they feel the impunity to do so is our fault because we're not holding him accountable for involving himself in criminal matters. That said, uh, you know that the media is already attacking this judge. Um, Twitter, the, the social media verse, they're already blaming the judge, even though nothing's actually happened yet. So mm-hmm. this is going to be a mess. It's going to be messy, and it's going to be, but 
you know, justice is, is supposed to be blind. It's not supposed to consider those things. We'll see what happens. But I, I you wish think it's a riot in Kenosha either way it goes now? Well, yeah, it's uh, a riot yeah. of celebration or a riot of we're not happy with the verdict. Yeah, either way. Yeah. yeah, I think that could very well happen. Let's get back to the phones. Line two, you're next on Bill McLive. Good morning. Good morning, Bill. Tell me what you're thinking here. He had every right to go there. He's a young man. He's not a kid. 17 years old. Young man. 17 and years old. He's right. Young man. 17 years old. Sees what Would you want your child in that circumstance? Of course. When you see what's going on. At that point, i got to question your parenting skills. When you see BLM and Antifa for months and months, that's the foot soldiers for the left. And I want to sacrifice my child to them. That, that's a crazy idea. I can't, I, can't, I can't abide it. There's no way. That is not a smart thing to do. Let's go to uh, line one. You're up next. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Bill Mick and Dave. How are you doing? Well, we're doing well. Tell us what's on your mind, Scott. Uh, uh, Forgive me if I if you've already covered this, but I'm kind of busy this morning and a little distracted. Uh, yeah, just because you're moving to Texas tomorrow, what the heck, dude? Yeah, you know, gonna go see my two grandsons for the first couple. Of, then, uh, yeah, but I've already. I'll give you two weeks started. and you'll be tired of them. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead, make your point. Anyway, did you see the did you see the picture of the prosecutor uh, pointing the gun at the jury with his finger on the trigger? Yes, absolutely. If I was sitting in that jury, I would have jumped up right then and then and screamed, Who do you think you are, Alec Boblin? (laughs) (laughs) Your your finger discipline. I don't care if it didn't have a magazine in it. You know, Alec was was handed a... a, a, An unloaded revolver, yeah. Yeah, and I I would have just... I'm surprised somebody didn't speak up. I might have stood up and shouted, What are you doing with your finger on the trigger? I need somebody to defend me, Kyle. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Scott, I appreciate it. Dave, we're down to a minute or so here. Um, a comedy of errors, it would have seemed, with the prosecutor here. And it amazes me that these folks who were supposedly learned in the law and are dealing with technical details of a criminal case, he picks up a firearm, he handles it inappropriately. And not that I expect prosecutors to go to a firing range all the time, but you would think they would have some knowledge and understanding, huh? You'd think. I mean, where was the objection from the defense attorney? Where was the judge saying, why is your finger on a trigger in my court? Where was the bailiff? Isn't that the bailiff's job to make sure that there's no threats? I don't know, man. I come back to the only way this prosecution could be this screwed up is on purpose. And it's not going to if it's to try to save his curriculum vitae in the future, it's not going to work. So I don't know what Mm -hmm. the hell they're doing. I really don't. But it's pretty well, clear that if, he's not guilty. if we take guilty. one caller's advice, you've only got seven years till you send Ben into Seattle to deal with the job. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Oh, how crazy. No, I'm sorry. He's a 17-year-old kid. Shouldn't have been in the circumstance to begin with. And if you, as a parent, are wanting to see that happen, you're failing in your job. Mm. No way I'd do that. If he wants to join the military, that's one thing because they're training him. But to just, yeah. just send this guy in, no. That's not happening. Yeah. Dave Bowman, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Go uh, enjoy the rest of your morning coffee because you probably have another couple pots to get into your veins before you're ready to start the day, right? At least. 
Yeah. Live long Next and prosper. Next week, Dave, we're on a Monday. It'll be my Monday before the Thanksgiving trip. So uh, look Woo. forward to seeing you Monday morning at 8 o'clock. We'll see you then. All right. Thanks, buddy. The hour's been brought to you by our friends at O'Galley Electric. Don't forget, you've got 14 more chances ahead of you to win that $1,000 in our nationwide Grand in Your Hand contest. So good luck. I'd love to see you win. Catch the podcast, Anything You Missed. It's going to happen at BillMick.com in the podcast section or on the Bill Mick Live iHeartRadio channel. We'll see you in the morning for Wide Open Wednesday.